too fresh pressed. How you feeling? I mean, I, you know what? I'm trying. Like, I'm trying. We're all <laughs> trying. That's all you can do right now. Exactly. You know? Day by day. That's, that's how day I'm feeling as well. by day. And after this surgery on Friday, let me tell you, it was... It's been a long weekend. That's what I'm going to tell you, Ryan. It's been a long, long <laughs> weekend. So I want to jump into it. So I know you have a new project that you're working on now, going by the name of Quarter Life Crisis. Yeah. What should I call you? Should I introduce uh, you as Quarter Life Crisis? Like, tell me. You can call me whatever. You can call me Rai Rai if you want. Or okay, great. Oh, my God. We've already gotten there. I love it. Um, I know you, I just wanted to say it because I know you started a new SoundCloud page. And so I wanted to make sure people knew and were able to start following you there. So make sure you guys follow if you, you know, are a fan of Ryan, uh, make sure you follow Quarter Life Crisis on SoundCloud because that is where your new project will be. So I just wanted to make sure I brought, you know what I mean, mentioned that. So in case people want to look for your new track, it's not on your Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of a, it's a side project that I've. I mean, I've had the idea for a long time, and uh, I started playing, like, guitar and everything first with music. Like, that was uh, kind of the, the beginning of everything for me, and then I kind of eased into production and, and doing remixes and more and more electronic through, like, high school and university. But this, like, Quarter Life Crisis project is kind of going right back to the beginning, and a lot of the, like, early, uh, you know, like, high school indie music, like, that's kind of what I'm always nostalgic for so uh going back to those influences and stuff is that one okay i was curious where so that that's what was going to be my question i was curious where this all came from you know why this side project and that really that really explains it so i know you have an ep coming that's dropping in december i think yes um which yeah. will literally be here before we know it um so quarter life crisis ep coming in december what is going on with you right now did you you've released some music um tell me yeah i mean yeah i don't know i'm just trying to stay productive i guess in whatever way and not uh go crazy so yeah the last project i i just put out was uh with jag jaguar um that was an ep as well and uh that was uh, more like instrumental focused um i kind of i guess like inspiration for that one kind of came from just like in the past year i've just had like lots of changes like i moved to a different city hamilton outside toronto and uh yeah i don't know just like oh my window i can see like mountain and it's just like you know there's kind of a lot of uh visual influences that kind of uh, led me to make more of an instrumental project for that one um because generally i usually like collaborate and work with different singers and stuff so um that was a fun one to work on and then now like with the quarter life crisis project it's more working with like singers from bands that I love and uh, you know, that world that I've always been a fan of, but never directly like interacted with uh, musically, you know? So who really inspired, like who inspires you? Who are you really into these days? Who have you been getting kind of those inspirations from? Oh man. Um, it's kind of all over the place. And I guess that maybe makes sense for the music. Like um, I think, Honestly, for the project uh, with Quarter Life Crisis, like the people that I worked with were the inspiration in a way. Like um, I have uh, Howdy from Austin on it, and uh, those guys are just like I've. It's kind of weird. Like if I flash back to like a year or two ago, I would be just like driving around listening to these artists, and like I love their projects so much. So it kind of just became like 
it would be crazy if I worked with Howdy or if I worked with uh, Francis from Hopalong or, uh, you know, all these different artists that um, are all, they're all on different uh, wavelengths and different labels and everything. But this was an opportunity to bring them all into like an, its own like a uh, bubble in a way that I, I could create. Yeah, a nice little, it's like, it, it, it makes so much sense. I always used to say, by the way, that Quarter Life Crisis would have been the best name for a band. I just <laughs> felt like there was this book years ago when I felt like I was going through a quarter life crisis, but by the way, I wasn't. I just thought, yeah. you, have to, you just think that you are, but there was this book called Quarter Life Crisis years ago that I read. I don't know if you've ever read it, but. Um, anyway. No, I hadn't, but I was thinking that the same thing. Yeah, like honestly, because the project idea I, I've had for a long time and uh, Saddle Creek are putting out this one. And I was emailing with those guys, like honestly, five-ish years ago about this. And uh, so it was a little more relevant to the name in that way. Now yeah, I'm 30 yeah. and I feel like hopefully I'm kind of past that, uh, that mindset, but you know, it definitely uh, influenced it. But it's nice because it's like you can almost take it from like, you know, like from that perspective of like almost like being passed and through it rather than someone that's like going, you know, that's right in it. But what I love about it is like and I think you kind of talked about this and, and this is something that I think is so cool is, you know, kind of, you know, making these like little side projects. doing something that you talked about years ago and, you know, when it's just now kind of coming together, you have Saddle Creek that will be putting this out and like sometimes it takes a while to get you know, these ideas, you know, we always hear about the finished product, but people never hear about how long it takes you to get there. And I yeah. think it's really important to kind of share that, especially with so many people on SoundCloud and people that are watching the show that, you know, are creators in their own right, like at home, starting out, maybe just got their first computer or are just learning, you know, how to produce or whatever it is, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think it's nice to hear that when you can be honest about kind of those like those moments of like, I've been talking about this for five years. And yeah. here we are, because, you know, again, with artists, a lot of times you hear like, I had this idea and Da -da, you know what I mean? And it's just like, that's not always how it goes, especially for independent artists. And I wanted you to talk about that a little bit because you've been, an, you know, a really strong independent artist doing this for a long time. And I wanted you to just share, you know, some of your pros and cons, um, if you don't mind, like being open to, you know, some of these art, you know, kids at home that like, you know, are wanting to be in your shoes. Do you mind sharing like a couple of you know, some of your pros and cons that you've had along the way being an indie uh, independent artist? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I've gone through a bit of everything. I've worked with bigger labels on projects and I've self-released a ton of stuff more so in the last few years. Um, and I think I'm probably, it's weird because you like through, it's, you know, I've been releasing stuff for like 10 years. So through that ride, it's like those moments of when you expect the biggest things uh, from big labels and you just realize quickly that um, your perception is is really kind of <laughs> you need to change it over time and uh, sometimes it needs to be pretty quick to realize like these these big labels aren't really uh, always providing what we think they're going to and I think especially when you're a producer like whether you're making beats for rappers or um, you know a solo artist and uh, doing all your own production or whatever, um, there's always going to be this kind of, well, you're not going to make it until you're on a label that can reach this amount of stuff and put out these amount of uh, physical records or whatever. But I think for me, it's been like realizing everyone has a different story. Everyone has um, their own path that they need to follow to, to put their 
music into the world and to reach the people that need to hear it. So, you know, for certain artists, they do need that big label for that big budget where they can, you know, deliver the things that they need to. And for other artists, like, you really don't need that. Um, a lot of people that I'm seeing more and more now, they just, it's all them, you know, it, it, and it's, which is a lot of stress, obviously, to take on. But I think it's really important to be able to know, like, who you're trying to reach and uh, why you're trying to reach them, what, what, what means that, you know, what's, what's important to them and what's important to you in that way. Finding that middle ground between like your, your listeners, your potential listeners, um, it really, it really helps in the long run. Um, I think I've, I've maintained some level of whatever I have because I've stayed connected to people and, um, that's you know outside of having a label big label indie label whatever like end of the day you need to find your people and uh stay connected in whatever way yeah and i think you've been doing that i mean like you said you've been putting music out for the last 10 years and what do you think has been the one and i know this is like a loaded question because but you know it's an interview so i have to kind of ask like what is the one thing um what do you think is like the one thing that has like allowed you to continue throughout these 10 years like what do you think has been kind of your 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 sweet spot that's allowed you know that's allowed you to keep going yeah i mean honestly just like not not saying no in in general to a lot of different things that um you know especially in the beginning like when it just comes down to touring which feels like not even a real thing anymore but like that was uh, really probably what helped me get on my feet so much and, and saying yes to a lot of stuff that wasn't really making me money um, for a while, but it, it really helps to, to take off in a way because I was like kind of finishing university and uh, I was putting out a lot of stuff on SoundCloud and, you know, uh, just like a lot of people around the, that time, like 2012 or whatever. And um, yeah, I feel like, just having that little community that I had online and staying connected with everyone and like almost like a pen pal relationship with a lot of people uh, created a foundation and then getting that rolling to the point where I would get like, Oh, do you want to open for like Shlomo or like some of these different artists? And um, you know, even still like not like a show like that, actually um, I was in my last year at university and the show was basically like around the same time as like graduation. And I just like went to Toronto to play that show instead of like, you know, finishing up school basically, which I would not recommend to people, you know, in retrospect, like finish school. Um, but it was important to me to like do those things that weren't making me money or whatever. I was probably losing money from a lot of those types of shows, but it just helps to like connect to the right people and get in front of like the right potential, like, future fans in whatever capacity you know oh for sure we speaking of touring and playing live we got a fan question by the way you guys anyone that's tuning in if you have any fan questions make sure you drop them in the comment section we have people reading them they're getting them to me it's a whole thing but i want to make sure i ask this from brian stout 15 what do you miss most about concerts oh man it's weird because like i would get I would definitely get anxiety on the road and like before shows and um, you know, there was a lot that like drained me in a lot of ways, but as soon as I would like go out to like perform in whatever capacity, like 
it was just like the best feeling ever. Like it's just once you're making eye contact with people, which already I'm like a shy, awkward person, I feel. So like, it's weird that I play shows because it's pretty counterintuitive to my nature, but like somehow it feels just right in some way. Um, I, I definitely miss that feeling and just like mixing from like one song to like, a completely unexpected song following that and like combining those sounds in a way that I could see like people, some people get confused, some people get excited, like just seeing reactions like in the moment, I think is definitely, you know, a, a thing that is hard to replicate right now, I think. Oh yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I feel like it's gonna be a minute before shows are back, so. I miss yeah. it. That's why we all got into this business in some capacity, you know what I mean? Like. We love music. We love live shows. It's been, it's, it's hard. I think it's been hard for musicians because as much as a lot of you are shy and introverted, <laughs> the stage is where you shine and where, you know what I mean? And like you, you a lot of you, uh, you know, I'm generalizing in like a total terrible way, but like, I think a lot of you, but you know, I mean, you need that, you need that feedback. You need that connection. Mm. You need like, that's how you, especially as new artists starting out, the road was where you built fans. Um, yeah. And now I like to think about SoundCloud as like, you know, this is your version of a street team now. Like these are, and that's how, you know, you can think about SoundCloud. And as someone like you, who's like starting a new artist page, you know, like how do you bring those fans over and let them know that, you know, this is you and in that connection piece, I think is so important. So I yeah, hope that, that's a, you know, it's a new challenge for sure with uh, yeah, everybody's facing, I think. Yeah, because before you go on the road and even, you know, let's just say minimum, you, you play to 30 people, that 30 people that heard about you, it's much easier to get that 30 people's, you know, attention. How do you get 30 people's attention when there's 800 things happening? You know what I mean? So it's really different and it's a, it's a different beast now. And, um, I, but you know, what I love is that you're continuing to put out music and that's the way to win for sure. Yeah, I wanted to talk good. about your new song because I thought it was beautiful. Um, Postcard from Spain. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> uh, can we talk about that track a little bit? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, that, that one kind of went through a whole bunch of changes and it kind of, it helped inform this whole project, the, the Core Life Crisis Project, um, really well because like Francis, um, is singing on the track Francis Quinlan, and she's from Hopalong, a uh, Philly band that's been like, you know, uh, that was one of the ones that I was talking about, like a, an influence for me, like early on, like playing guitar and stuff. So uh, yeah, just to be able to connect with her and work and she was like so game and like- Her voice is beautiful. Yeah, she has a such a beautiful unique voice. voice, man. Yeah, and she really, uh, it was just like kind of the perfect collaboration. I think the process in that way, because like she pushed me to do things that I wasn't really, you know, initially intending to do and uh, kind of vice versa as well with our engineer, Ryan Schwab, who helped, like he, he was pushing her as well, just to do like, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna do like this thing that you're naturally feeling, but like try this melody, try like, you know, doing this weird hook part instead, like here. And uh, I think just like, for both of us, um, that was a really good like learning experience. And usually with collaborations, like it either works or it doesn't. And if it works, it's like very like on the same page. Okay, we're gonna do this. But it's kind of nice when you like you like hit a rocky point. And you're like, 
you still like this song, right? Yeah, okay, well, let's like get it to 100%, like, and I'll just like scrap this part and like start over. And, and that was kind of the thing. It turned into like a jigsaw puzzle of a track, but I, I feel like it, I'm stoked that it came out. It came out beautiful. It's a great, great song, a great way to kick off that project. I can't wait to hear more for sure. Um, at the end of every interview, I play a little game that I like to call Rapid Fire. It's for us mm -hmm. to get to know you a little bit more, right? And like kind of figure out like who are you? Um, some, some more like little fun facts. Plus, it's my show and I like to do play games sure. that I want to play. You we know, that's what happens. Thank you, Ryan. So we're going to put one minute on the clock. Uh, we have these little graphics that will pop up for Rapid Fire. And I am going to ask you some questions and you're just going to answer to the first thing that comes to your mind. And if you don't want to answer, you can just say skip and we'll move on. Okay? Okay. You cool. got it? Easy. You ready? First question. What was the first song you listened to or first album that you listened to today? Um, actually, so I have a one-year-old and we uh, we listen to baby, like literally baby playlists on Spotify. So, yeah. <laughs> totally got it. Baby music. That's what you listened to today. <laughs> got it. That is totally a dad answer and we're going to let you do it. Um, yes. <laughs> What is your, what would you say? Are you a chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Chocolate. What is your favorite city to visit or play when you're on tour? Uh, Tokyo. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Yeah, I think like most of my life has been embracing guilty pleasures, but to give a short answer, uh, Hilary Duff's music. Yes, Ryan. I love it. Um, what is that just threw me off by the way i was not expecting you to say that um what is um what is do you watch any reality tv do you have a favorite reality tv show uh yeah i do um i've actually like I'm, i i have youtube on my apple tv now a lot so i i watch like um the the stupid like tiny house yeah show. yeah yeah he's an australian dude who's like Whoa we're gonna check out this tiny house and uh i don't know if that's like reality tv but that's no it totally is i would consider that reality tv at this point um yeah. i was just curious what is one of your what is one of your favorite artists oh um wow i would say uh giraffage he's a producer that i've known for a long time and he always anytime he sends me a song it's like it's a surprise in like the best way i love it and my final Final question for you is, what is your favorite snack? Oh, my God. Um, I would say a cream egg. Cream egg? Is that a snack? Yeah, for sure. Any food is any food that's, like, not, like, chicken is a snack. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, cream egg. All right. Ryan, it's so nice to get to know you a little bit more. Congratulations on being a dad. I did not know that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you know, you guys make sure you check out Ryan Hemsworth on SoundCloud. Also make sure you follow his new profile quarter life crisis, get him those follows so you can be up to date when he drops the EP in December. So like I said, follow Ryan on SoundCloud on Instagram and anywhere else you listen to music. So thank you so much and thank good you. luck with your new project. I can't wait to hear more of it. Thanks, Jess. Hope you feel better. Thank you. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon.